0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf.
1: Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Yes, it is 86 degrees and sunny here. As somebody said to me, oh, boy, you're out there. in the sun. No, we're not doing the show here on the patio. <laughs> I'm in my hotel room. <laughs> I've uh, been working here for part of the day. I was able to get out this morning. Actually, uh, this morning, Sean, I, uh, we refer to it as the lagoon because obviously the waves are crashing into the rocks. And so, what they do is they've created a lagoon on the other side of the rocks on our shore. I was able to actually to get in there this morning. Which, uh, the water's really warm, there's fish in there. Then I went for a mile walk this morning, and on the mile walk I saw various wildlife <laughs> that you don't normally see in the valley. Suddenly, <laughs> out of nowhere, there's this like four foot iguana. I'm like, "What the heck is this?" I'm like, okay, just keep on moving. It didn't seem to be phased by me being there. But that's what uh, that's what today is. Uh, it's it's gorgeous here, 86 and sunny. Here, but and then you know, let's let's get to the tough part. You know how the cold, and we'll feel this on Thanksgiving, and I certainly I'm going to feel this on Thanksgiving when I get back. You know how the cold feels like it can go through you sometimes. Well, there are times here, you know, we're closer to the equator. Obviously, you feel like the sun's going through you. I mean, when you're out in the sun, I mean, it really hits you. So you try to find as much because in the shade it is incredibly comfortable, beautiful, comfortable. There's an area right outside my room I can go to that's a covered area, and you know I can you know sit by the you know, by the Gulf of Mexico if I want. It's really nice. They got Wright State coming up tonight. That'll be at 8:30. We're on beginning at eight o'clock tonight. In the game before ours will be Bradley and SMU. Wright State, of course, was in the NCAA's. The three and one this year. They got four starters back from that team. Cole Gentry's a very good point guard. Loud Love inside has been playing well for them, and uh, Billy Wampler outside has played well for them. He's he could be a stretch forward like Lamar Stevens. So, Penn State will play them tonight, and uh, uh, that will tip off at eight thirty. We're on beginning at eight. The game last night was just a phenomenal fun game to watch. And we were we went over after dinner we went over and started watching it. Jeff Tarman is a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Dick and I have tried to ask him why he is a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. He can't really explain it except he started really enjoying watching them play when he was a kid. All right, good enough. Last night was an incredibly entertaining game, and it was entertaining because it wasn't like a Big 12 game. A Big 12 game is offense, 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 and I never see Big 12 defenders walking off the field, disgusted, mad, angry. They're always walking off the field like going, no, no, we tried. The offense will get it back for us. That's a Big 12 game. Now. Big 12 fans may not like that characterization, I would strongly suggest that uh, your league start changing that characterization because that characterization actually is accurate. But the last night was a game that featured, and Neil Kulong and I will get into this in the next hour, it was a game that featured Jared Goff playing really well, Patrick Mahomes firing darts all over the place in the windows where you sit back and say, how did he get that one in? there and throwing six touchdown passes and you also had defense last night three defensive touchdowns were scored last night there was just enough defense to make you feel like this was a really fun entertaining football game to watch and it's the first time in the history of the nfl where a team has scored 50 points and lost 54 51 was the final last night yeah, and they'll be, oh, there wasn't any defense. There were three defensive touchdowns last night. Mahomes, in fact, had one of those nights where he threw six touchdown passes, three interceptions, and fumbled twice. Wow. You know, then golf fumbled last night. But it was just a fun, entertaining game to watch. It's exactly what the NFL needed. You notice there was one false start in the game last night? One. It was in the fourth quarter. One false start all night. And the way these two teams play, they are always sending five guys into the pattern. Just let her fly, let her go. The NFL may be a sports league, but there's also a reality to it. The reality is it's also there for entertainment. To Me, I don't know about you, Sean. I found that to be a highly entertaining game. Oh, it was
0: phenomenal, and actually, NFL Network, as we speak, they're already replaying the game and they're going to air it a few more times overnight tonight and then Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, one just 1001 combined yards total offense. But, uh, but how about Aaron Donald? Oh, my good again, they were not once but twice uh, forcing Pat Mahomes to fumble, and one was the scoop and score. But, uh, yeah. Now, there is a reason why Aaron Donald was uh, holding out for plays and
1: splash effects like that. In a 54-51 game, the best player in the field may have been a defensive player, Aaron Donald. He may have been the best player in the field. I just thought it was just a highly entertaining where I sat back, you know, watching the game. I just had fun watching the game last night. There was no thought about hey let's let's get out of here we, we sat there and we watched it all the way through because it was that good. Uh, uh, it was also interesting that we sat there and we watched it all the way through, and because of where we were, you know there's a bar there, but then they, were, they had this side room that had, that had the lounge chairs, couches, there was a pool table there, whatever it's all part of the same area. But it had six TVs in it, and so we were able to find an area to sit down on the lounge chairs and the couches and watch the game. But the sound wasn't up. and I've heard that it was, that they didn't help the help the, the game. That's what I've heard. But we didn't have that last night. We just watched the game and enjoyed the game. Like, wow. It was just a lot of fun. And I know we enjoyed it last night. Uh and I think that yeah, was really good for the NFL. Now what do we have Thanksgiving? Well I mean, obviously I won't be able to see any of any of this. Um uh, I won't be able to see a minute of it. But what what's on the Lions? I, I Cowboys are obviously playing, right?
0: That's right. Yep, you got your uh, for the 11th straight year, you'll have a triple header on Thursday yeah. Thanksgiving. Uh 12:30, the uh opener will be in Detroit, and that's going to be the Lions and the Bears. Okay. it will awesome. be Um, Yeah, that'll be the CBS game. Uh, 4.30 on Fox. You've got the Redskins and the Cowboys on uh, Mm -hmm. Troy. uh, That's not bad. Yeah, Yeah, Redskins and Cowboys. They've played each other in Thanksgiving's past. And then primetime, the NBC game.
1: Well, the Redskins are in first right now. and The Cowboys are pursuing, so it is actually an interesting game. Yep.
0: And then the nightcap on Thursday night will be a... Divisional matchup the NFC South between the Saints and the Falcons. Is so this actually you got uh, not one, not two, but uh, three divisional rival
1: games on Thanksgiving? Yeah, I yeah you know, I don't think I'm gonna be able to see any of them because I think we're I'm trying to think what the plan is. We're supposed to have Thanksgiving dinner here at eleven, and I think we're supposed to depart here right around twelve thirty, I think, and we're an hour south of the airport. We've got to go an hour back up north to Cancun because we're not actually in... It's called the Cancun Classic. That's just a generalization. We're actually an hour south. And then I think then we fly... I want to say we have to go check through customs and things like that. We've got to fly out of here at 3 and I think we get to Pittsburgh by about 7 and then we bus. So I think my odds of seeing this uh, any of these games are very very long. Well, that's that's fine. It's the nature of the beast. I mean, and it's part of having a great job. Is you know, you know you have to travel back from it sometimes, but yeah, that's that's not so bad. There's a lot to talk about with Penn State football. James Franklin had his press conference today. He had a lot of questions, obviously, about the senior class. I'll weigh in on that as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
0: SMC is where you want to be for your next new F-150 and everything starting with E. Make 2018 a November to remember with savings up to $13,000 on your next new Ford F-150. Sunbury Motors has F-150 starting at $25,669. All SUVs starting with the letter E will plummet in price for SMC's November November to to remember. remember. 67 Ford Escapes, 23 EcoSports, 22 Explorers, all at $1. Location: Brand new Ford Escape starting at an unheard of $17,820. If you haven't looked into the all-new Ford EcoSport, now is the time. 2019 Ford EcoSports start at $19,880. SMC has the SUV that started it all, the Ford Explorer, for under $32,000. Hurry in now to SMC so you can show off your brand new Ford at Thanksgiving dinner or to your buddies at Deer Camp. Sunbury Motors in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury.
1: Great to have you with us here in uh, Mexico. We're about an hour south of of uh, Cancun at Riviera Maya, uh, where Penn State will play tonight. And uh, the Nittany Lions will take on Wright State this evening at 8.30. We're on beginning 8 o'clock. Bradley and SMU will be the game before us tonight over at the convention hall. They'll probably have, I don't know, a thousand seats in there with the temporary bleachers they put in. Okay. I want to get into Penn State football a little bit here. I think there's a lot to talk about with Penn State football. And I'm going to take this in two parts. I want to talk about the senior class first, and then the next half hour I want to delve into the young players. The senior class is the last one where it's a mixed group. Guys that Bill O'Brien originally recruited and Penn State re-recruited, guys that were... Committed to Vanderbilt, that James Franklin was able to convince to come to Penn State, and then guys that he was able to recruit to Penn State in that first class five years ago, guys like Trace McSorley and Amani Oruwariye, for example, fall into that category of had committed to Vanderbilt and then eventually went to Penn State. About a month ago at the quarterback club. I was talking with Trace about that time because if they had had an early signing period in 2014, in the or excuse me, in the uh, in December 2013, and remember this is December 2013, they had an early signing period in December 2013. Trace McSorley would have signed with Vanderbilt because James Franklin did not take the Penn State football head coaching job until about January 16th. Well. It turned out there was not an early signing period. But then, after thinking his life was settled and he was going to play for James Franklin at Vanderbilt, he then uh, finds out that James is taking the Penn State job. Well, you, know, you have to go through HR and everything like that, and so there's almost this blackout period where you take the job and you got to you got to be able to clear and get cleared to do things. And finally, he got back in touch with Trace, and Trey, and I said, "What was your reaction when you finally talked to James?" And he looked at me. He says, "He says to be honest with you, he says I was ticked off." <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you know, you you are gonna go, so getting in touch with me, which he couldn't, uh, yeah, and you know, made He had to wait. Well, finally, everything settled down. It's to the point now where Trace's sister goes to Penn State now, and so forth. Timing means everything. It means everything in, in gain. It means everything in loss. But timing means so much. James Franklin came to Penn State at just the right time for both James Franklin and for Penn State. Trace McSorley came to Penn State at just the right time. Not only for Trace McSorley, but for Penn State. That's what... But I'll never forget about him and some of the other guys like Amani and so forth. I mean, Amani and I always kept it around because I I was the one that had to read his name on that first recruiting class when you get to the podium and they gave me the card and I looked over and I said, <laughs> I said "Really?" <laughs> I, I saw I, I looked at Michael Hazel and Kevin Threlkeld and I, I said, uh, "Is he on the phone?" They said, "Yeah," because he'd already faxed his letter of intent and they had it so I could talk to him. <laughs> and I said, Amani, give me a road map. <laughs> I, said, I said, I'm going to have to say this for the next few years. I said, but help me out. And we've been doing fine with it ever since. But the timing of Trace McSorley, if I were to have said to you on that signing day in 2014, where Penn State after July 23rd, 2012, if I were to to you in August of 2012, there'll be a period of time in 16, 17, and 18 where Penn State's going to win 30 games, get the two New Year's Six Bowl games, and maybe the door's open to another one. We'll see. They've got to win on Saturday first, obviously, and then start thinking about what is possible and not possible. But if I were to say you're going to win 30 games and win a Big Ten championship, go to the Rose Bowl, go to the Fiesta Bowl, win the Fiesta Bowl, in August of 2012, you'd have told me I was crazy. If, you'd, if you had said that to me in February 2014 when these guys signed, I would have told you you were crazy. I'm sorry, they would have told me I was crazy. You would have told me that. You say that to me anyway, so I'm used to it. But yet, look what they've been able to accomplish. You do have a starting quarterback that's won 30 games. And I've told many, many interviewers, over the years, because obviously I have to do four or five of these a week for other groups around the country, you know, including SiriusXM and so forth. I've said to them that Saquon Barkley made everybody around him better. Trace McSorley was the one guy that made Saquon Barkley better. Do you know what kind of statement that is to say that about this guy has the ability to make the generational player better? But that's Trace McSorley. Saquon may have scored that touchdown in the, in overtime against Minnesota in 2016 to jumpstart this incredible run by Penn State. But it was Trace McSorley's 37-yard run that set up the tying field goal by Tyler Davis that sent it to overtime. McSorley has always been too short, not enough arm, not enough this, not enough. He's always been a, not enough of everything. But you know what he's never been shy on? wins i'm always going to look back at trace mcsorley with nothing but the highest respect both on and off the field and what he has done for penn state the timing of having trace mcsorley here was perfect next half hour we'll get into the younger players and what they mean moving forward here on News Radio 1070 WKLK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.
0: It's turkey time, hunting time, it's Brewers Outlet time. Genesee 12-pack cans, only $4.95. Labatt 30-pack bottles, $19.95. Seagram's 24-pack bottles, $21.98. Brewers Outlet with imports, micro-brews, soda, snacks, lottery tickets, and of course, the pickle bar. New Belgium 15 packs fourteen ninety five. Coors Light 16-ounce cans, sixteen ninety eight. dollars The Beverage Supermarket has all your party needs, even gift cards. And don't forget the Jenny, four ninety five a 12-pack in cans. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565 This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones.
1: Sunbury Motors Studio is mobile today in Mexico. Great to have you with us. Uh, and uh, tonight, Penn State will play basketball and take on White State at 8:30 this evening. We're on beginning at 8 o'clock on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Should be an interesting game tonight for Penn State. I would have felt going into the tournament if Penn State had everybody available, Penn State would be the favorite going into this tournament tonight, but they won't have everybody available this evening with Mike Watkins here but not uh, playing. So, I mean, they're going to have to fight their way through this thing tonight. Uh, So we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be interesting. As Penn State tries to get to the uh, Cancun Challenge Championship game against either Bradley or SMU, they'll play the first. Uh, they'll play the first game this evening. Other games will take place this afternoon by other teams in the tournament. But it's the bracket that Penn State's in that I'm talking about in terms of getting to the championship game, uh, and that will be coming up this evening. I said in the previous half hour that I wanted to get into. The after talking about the seniors because the seniors have meant a lot. Like I said, they've done so many different things for this program. Some have had to do it obviously by uh, being on scout team, but they've been really important contributors. I'll give you one: Joe Arcangelo, for example, started his career at Bucknell, and after a year of playing for Joe Susan, he'd always wanted to go to Penn State, and he decided that, I'm going to give it a shot and walk on. He's going to go through the tunnel for the final time. He's made great strides here at Penn State. You watch him on Scout team, he's done a terrific job for Penn State. He's just an example. Zach Simpson, who's I think is a really good football player. Zach Simpson can play center, he can play guard, he helps out on the on the on some of the special teams. He's a really good player. You know, and then there's the obvious guys that you see, DeAndre Tompkins, Koa Farmer, Amani Oriuer. Nick Scott, Trace McSorley. Those are the five seniors that are on the two deep. Nick Scott is one of those guys that I I give him all the credit in the world. He came here as a running back. But, of course, his running joke has always been that, uh, you know, uh, there are 26 really good reasons why I moved the defense. (laughs) And those 26 good reasons were, of course, now playing in the NFL, a guy named Saquon Barkley. And that's... And look what he's done with his career. Nick Scott's had a really nice career, invaluable special teams, and not only that, it's like I always feel like Nick Scott never fatigues. He's out there all the time. I mean, people talk about the number of plays that somebody plays, and he's out there all the time, and I don't ever see him getting tired. Now the f- future is going to be based on obviously what some of the younger players can do here. That's where you know, and people want to you know, not only pay tribute to the Seniors that are here, but they're also going to be in a spot where they can play, um, they can page, uh, take a look, long, hard look at the younger players. So let's start on defense, the younger players, because the defense has come on. They're going to have to play really well against Maryland on Saturday. I took a long look at the Maryland video this morning. I watched the offense this morning. They do a lot of motion. They do a lot of look at the hand, look at the hand, and also the ball's over here. McFarlane is a really good running back, and he is a guy that has great speed. There's no getting around it. He has great speed. I guess he's in the like upper four threes, and you can see it. But there's a difference between a guy that is a speed guy and is a football player, or in this case, a running back. It's just like there's a difference between a pitcher and a thrower. Uh, throwers have longevity in their career when they learn how to pitch. You know, they can mix in pitches. They can they can work, you know, get a curveball in there. Suddenly their breaking stuff works. and They're not just a guy out there throwing as hard as they can. Running backs are the same way. Any positions like that the same way in football, where you look at uh, a running back and does he know how to run. It's not just how fast he is. If you look at McFarlane. There's a play that they ran, I think it was in the third quarter, He goes to his right, it is all stacked up, boom, one cut, and he is really sharp when he cuts. One cut, and boom, he swings it back the other way, and he got five yards out of it. It should have been a three or four-yard loss. So another play where he went for, I want to say a 60-yard run, where he's supposed to bounce it outside, but then he sees the opening inside, boom, cut, and right through the hole. He's a good running back, really good. Pigram is not really great at throwing the short or the long stuff. I mean, or the short or the medium stuff. But Pingram is really good on throwing the long ball. I saw him throw a couple long balls in this game. I was genuinely impressed by the accuracy with which he laid the ball out there. Now let's get to the young players on Penn State. Let's get that. Um, and let's start with the defense. Uh, Micah Parsons falls into the category of what I just talked about with Anthony McFarland. He was playing in a position he had not played before. So you put a superior athlete, and Micah Parsons is a superior athlete. They put a superior athlete out there at linebacker, and he's had to learn to play the position. So you've had an a- athlete playing linebacker. Doesn't mean you have a linebacker playing. Linebacker. you have an athlete playing linebacker there is a difference well as the season is gone his instincts have really changed and become so much better at recognition seeing something and believing it and not guessing there's a big difference he sees it he now knows it he's not guessing any longer and he's transitioning himself into being a, a great athlete who is a linebacker he's been phenomenal Ellis Brooks is a young guy who's a redshirt freshman that when he's played, I, don't, I look out there and I feel like he's playing at a high level, and he's always been a guy that has been very good at recognition. There's a lot of things that Ellis Brooks does that are very similar to what Brandon Smith did the last couple of years for Penn State. You go in the secondary, Tariq Castro Fields. Have you noticed that he only has 25 tackles this year? Do you want to know why he only has 25 tackles? He doesn't get targeted that much. Why doesn't he get targeted a lot? Because he's covering people. Garrett Taylor is a young guy that had been a corner and was transitioned to safety. Now you look at how he has played the second half of the season at that safety spot, and he's been outstanding. He'll man that thing for them next year, and he's going to be really, really good. You then look at, and there's some other guys you could talk about, too. I think Lamont Wade is much better this year than last year. You can see Wade made a couple plays. When Nick Scott had to go out of the game, Lamont Wade was in great position on some of those plays on Saturday. I don't think a lot of people recognize that as much, but I think they should take a look at what he's been able to do there, and he's done a good job in the dime. Trent Gordon eventually is going to be a really good player. Gordon did not get into the game Saturday on defensive corner, but he was in the game Saturday on special teams. Gordon is going to be a really good player. Then you go inside. Windsor's coming back next year. And Yitor Gross Matos has become an absolute force to the point where I think every single offensive coordinator goes into their meeting room, and they look around now and say, okay, let's start with this. How do we handle 99? He has become an absolute force at that spot. Now, Shane Simmons, for example. Shane Simmons, in the second half of the season, not big, loud splash plays, but very quietly has been in there making plays. If you watch the video, you're seeing Shane Simmons make plays. Sharif Miller is a, is obviously a veteran. I'd love to see Sharif come back for another year. I think another year would really help him, but that's, he has to make decisions. I don't know what he's what he's going to do. He may not even be thinking about it. Robert Windsor has just come on like gangbusters this year. I think there are people that think Windsor's a senior now. He is not, and neither is Kevin Givens. And P.J. Mustafer behind them, Mustafer has really started to play well. Has really started to play well. I really I like Mustafer a lot. And I think he's coming off his best game against Rutgers. And I actually thought he played pretty well against Wisconsin, too. So those are some of the young defensive guys that I'm seeing that are making contributions that are going to form the foundation of what you're going to see next year and the year after. Talk about the offense in a moment. We'll get to them and what they're doing and some of the young players there as we continue on News Radio 1070 NWK. So, okay. We're at the Hard Rock Hotel in uh, Riviera Maya, Mexico. Uh, I've heard all these songs now. <laughs> Every room you go into here. <laughs> and they have also sort of, I mean, Sean, you would love the memorabilia they have here. I mean, you would love the memorabilia. I mean, the outfits, jewelry. I've only, I've only ever been into the, two
0: Hard Rock cafes. I was in the... Uh the one in Cleveland uh, just uh, on the other end of town from the rock from the actual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, actually the one in Cleveland. I don't know if it's still it was actually just down the street from the, or across the street from the I I don't know if it's still there or not unless they relocated it. And uh, of course one in Pittsburgh too, Station Square. Oh yeah, lots of fun classic rock historical garb. Yeah, we eat that stuff up. And the burgers too. Good burgers at the Hard Rock. You got more yeah, than burgers. No, you, you got more so than many burgers different down there. To choose from here. It doesn't really, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, doesn't really matter, but uh, I'll tell you what it does have is they do have here um, hot fudge Sundays at
0: four in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really like a cruise ship here. You can get food anytime you want, but <laughs> uh, but the memorabilia, you know, you, you go there and it's like, oh, great, that's uh, that's from the Who. Oh, wow, look at this. That's from, from you know that's from Timberlake. Wow, okay, that's from a uh, katie perry wow that's from you know I and mean, keep going through like all the stuff they have it's amazing really you know guitars from whatever it's it's interesting uh the offensive players let's get to that part now uh, obviously if everything plays out the entire offensive line is back next year now we're going to see what decisions certain guys make uh, but eligibility wise they are all eligible to be back next year in the offense as a I think it's interesting that they've done a good job of mixing in Michael Miranda at that guard spot. Miranda's going to be a good player, I think. He knows how to play. And that's why I felt that when he was in there on Saturday, I thought he did a good job. And they also mixed him in a little bit in the Wisconsin game as well. Because he's ready to play now. That's why they're mixing him in. Pat Friermuth, obviously, is a major league player. There's no getting around it. He's a major league blocker. He is a major league res- receiver. He is a dependable target. That's why in the Wisconsin game, when he finally did drop one, that's why I looked, you know, Jack said, Oh, he dropped it. And I said, You know, the f-, I said, I'd say that about anybody else but him. I said, That's the first time I've seen him drop one all year. Uh, he has been really, really good. And I asked Trace about uh, Fryermuth after the game about the trust, and he said it didn't take long for, for him to trust him, saying, I can put the ball in a certain spot and I know he's going to get it. That tells you a lot. You know, Bowers has been in the mix. He's played pretty well. Uh, I think, in fact, I think Bowers has played very well. Uh, and he still has some eligibility left; he's got another year left. And then you go to the young wideouts. Hip and Hammer's been a little bit up and down, but Hip and Hammer can be a sneaky guy that can make some plays for you because a lot of people are like looking at other targets, and sometimes he doesn't stand out. James occasionally will refer to him as the silent assassin out there. Dotson is just an absolute natural. Jahan goes out. And again, remember how this happens with Jahan Dotson. UCLA decided to change coaches. He had been committed to Jim Mora. They switched up to Chip Kelly, and he reopened his recruitment, and Penn State was able to get him. How fortunate is Penn State that, that was able to happen? He is an absolute natural at wide receiver. You look at his body control how he handles his feet on the sideline, how he usually, I mean, 9.9 times out of 10, he catches the ball out in front of him, hands out front. That's why that play in the end zone against Rutgers was so unusual. That's the first time all season I've seen him body catch a ball. It's the first time all year I've seen him try to body catch a ball. Wow. I mean, that's what took me aback about it. I I mean, Sometimes a play happens, but... It was unusual because that's now how I've watched him catch the ball every day since uh, August 1. He is just a really terrific player. Hamler, obviously, is a weapon beyond words. He is just a spectacular player with great hands, great feel for the game. He's not just a speed guy out there. He knows where the holes are. He knows where the openings are. He has really nice instincts. like him a lot. You need some bigger receivers in this thing, and that's where Penn State will benefit down the road from all of this, because Friermuth is a big target that Trace can put the ball to. Well, down the road, Justin Shorter and Daniel George are going to be two of those players. I mean, George and Shorter both bring with them length. Shorter's a little bit bigger. He's about six four. George's about 6'2". And I think you, I watch them at practice, and you see two guys that can catch the ball, are confident catching the ball. They get into openings really well. I think they both want to block. They both need to be better at it, but they both want to block, and I think that's important for them. But they're going to be really good players moving forward. And just the type of receivers you're looking for to complement receivers that are not big in stature, but big in plays like Dotson and Hamler and Hippenhammer. And Slade I really like. I think Slade has a really good feel the running game and the pass game. Although, remember, Miles Sanders has another year of eligibility remaining. We'll see what Miles wants to do, but he has another year of eligibility remaining. And Journey Brown has really turned the corner. He had a terrific freshman year in those Sunday night scrimmages. We, it got to the point midway through the season we started referring to them as the Journey Brown show. So I thought he was going to take that and follow it up with a with a really good spring. And to be honest with you, he didn't. He really had a rather nondescript spring, in my opinion. So he came back in, and as time has gone during the season, he's been getting better and better and better and better. He's become better at running his routes. He runs between the tackles. He obviously has the great speed. I really like what they have in Journey Brown. He's a good player. And a lot of people want to know, obviously, about Tommy Stevens and Sean Clifford. uh, Tommy Stevens, the the advantage I have over everybody else, for obvious reasons, is the access of what I get to see. So I've seen Tommy Stevens now in four years probably throw... 15,000, 16,000 passes they usually throw about 400 a week right so I mean I'm not exaggerating here Tommy Stevens really runs this RPO really well he really runs the running part of it really well in terms of ball placement when he decides to run you're not quite sure, he's really good at it and he has a terrific arm, I really like Tommy's arm a lot That's why the one thing in the interception was run back for a touchdown against Michigan. I was surprised he didn't get any air underneath it because he actually has a better touch than that. And Sean Clifford, Sean Clifford came in as a quarterback that really wasn't used to running this kind of offense. But you know what? He's really embraced it, and he runs it really well. And he throws, of all the, the three quarterbacks they have, I've said this the entire time, he has the best looking ball out of his hands of the, of the three, I and mean, he spins that thing out of there. But, you know, look, they're going to be in good shape. Look at all the kickers. Gilligan's back next year. Penninger's going to be a sophomore. is going to be a sophomore. I mean, they've got some, I mean, they're they're in pretty good shape in so many different areas here with a foundation of young players moving forward. But you have to give the seniors credit. If I were to tell you in August of 2012 that Penn State is going to win 30 games in 16, 17, and 18, and maybe 31 or 32 before this is all done, and go to at least two New Year's Bowl games, including the Rose Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, and win the Fiesta Bowl and win a Big Ten championship. And maybe we'll see how this turns out. You know, this is a big game for them this week. You know, as to where the, you know they could possibly go. If I were to tell you all that in August of 2012, you'd have told me I was crazy. There's, just, there's no way, you know, with all the reductions and problems and things like that. If these guys all came in with James and time, as I mentioned, whether it happens to be in gain or loss, timing means everything. Well, it was the perfect time for Penn State to get a James Franklin, just like it was a perfect time for James Franklin to be at Penn State. And it was also a perfect time for Trace McSorley to be the starting quarterback at Penn State. The timing for Trace McSorley to be at Penn State in this era. Something I'm never going to forget. As I look back, 10 years, never going to forget the key as things this program on with the seniors and what they've been able to accomplish in their four and mostly five years here. has been amazing. Next half hour, Neil Kulong on the Steelers and last night's Rams-Chiefs game. We'll tell you more about that. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK.